Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. We made it. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. Through all the Christmas parties, the Christmas shopping, the untangling of the Christmas lights, which I know took about 86 hours to pull them out of that box and untangle them. One of my favorite memes has come from the Christmas season. It was one was a picture of like your headphones in my pocket right now. They're like all tangled up. And then the other was a picture of your Christmas lights when you pull them out of the bag. And then the caption just said, we've been preparing all year for this. (laughs) I love that. It's fun. Uh, But uh, uh, yeah, welcome. Uh, let me be hopefully not the first to say welcome uh, and Merry Christmas. We're, we're glad that you've joined us this evening to celebrate what Jesus has done. I, I hope that this evening, as I'm thinking about what I want you to experience this evening, I hope this is an evening that brings you joy. As you get to celebrate with your friends, your family, your neighbors, you get to celebrate this Christmas season together. But I hope that it's not just about nostalgic feelings of opening presents on Christmas morning. I hope it's about more than just traditions and old Christmas songs. I hope that this evening you experience the Jesus that we celebrate that was born in Bethlehem. My prayer is that you would know, this, know him this evening, that you would experience him, and so that as you go into Christmas tomorrow and you celebrate Christmas, you would understand and revel in the greatest gift that any of us have ever been given, that is salvation from our sin and reconciliation with God, relationship with him where we can walk with him for the rest of our days. That's what my prayer is for you this morning. And by God's grace, I'm going to do that in less than 20 minutes. So here we go. Uh, so let me begin by pointing, out, uh, uh, pointing you towards your Bibles. We're going to be in John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Just a couple quick verses. And as you can see, if you don't have a Bible, there is a verse up on the screen. John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 says this. Life was in him, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. So let me, let me tell you a little story. When I was a, a kid, my friends and I loved to do a couple things more than anything else. The first thing is we loved house-sitting. Like, you have to think, like, we're kind of older teenagers, our junior, senior year of high school, even to our freshman year of college, we still lived at home. So to be able to house-sit somebody's house was like experiencing freedom for the first time. Like, this is what it's like to live alone. You don't got no parents breathing down your neck. Nobody can tell you it's time to go to bed, and even better, no one can tell you when it's time to wake up. So me and my friends loved house-sitting whenever we could. Now, the other thing uh, my friends and I love to do, or I guess I should rephrase that, what my friends love to do to me was scare me. Like, because I'm an easy target, like I'm an easy scare, like if I go see a horror movie, I'm the guy who you're watching me about half the time and watching the screen about half the time, because I'm screaming and jumping and flailing. Like, I'm just saying you don't want to be in my kicking radius. 
because uh, they say that when you're afraid, you either fight or flight. What I do is kind of flail. So there's, I think there's a third, there's like, ah, you know, I, I can't control myself. And so this all came together where my friends were able to put together their two favorite things in the world, house sitting and scaring me one faithful night years ago. So we were, uh, my friend was house sitting a family friend's house because they had to let the dogs out, do all that fun stuff. And so he invited me to come over and hang out. I was like, all right, cool. We had plans that evening to go see a horror movie. And so uh, he's like, hey, before we go to the movie, we should go to the house, let out the dog, do that whole thing. So we walked in the house. He seemingly at the time politely showed me to where the dog leashes were. And he pulled a dog leash out and said, hey, okay, go walk this dog. I was like, all right, cool. No problem. So we left. All was well. We went and go see this horror movie. And again, like I said, I, uh, I get scared <laughs> easily. And so I'm already kind of on edge leaving the movie theater. And on the drive home, we get to the house and the garage door's up. And, I, and we're like, wait, did you leave the garage door up? Did I leave the garage door up? Inside, we're both, at least I'm thinking we're both in on this. Apparently, joke's on me. But I'm like, all right, be tough. It's probably just an accident. Nobody broke into the house. It's fine. But we go, we walk into the garage, we hit the garage door close button, and the garage doesn't go down. Okay, this is weird. And so I'm walking through the house, my head's kind of on a swivel, I'm definitely paying attention to what's going on around me. I try to flick on a light, and no lights turn on. I know. And so I'm freaked out, and my friend says, hey, why don't you go grab a leash? And because he had trained me earlier, I knew where the leashes were. And so I walked to the closet door, I looked down the dark hallway, I turned that squeaky doorknob, opened the door, and ah, my friend jumped out from behind the coats and scared the daylights out of me. Again, ah, just a flail, I don't know what to do. They got me, they got me good, and they still talk about it to this day. So, But here's, here's the truth that I want to pull out of that. The key ingredient of that whole thing was that they were able to turn off all the lights. They flipped all the breakers. Because if I had been able to turn on the lights, my fears would have been eased a little bit. I could have been able to see what was around me. Darkness causes all sorts of fears and anxieties. Darkness kind of highlights our loneliness Darkness shrouds, just like my friend in the closet who is in the dark behind the coats. If I would have been able to flip on the light, I could have seen him. That's what darkness does. And unfortunately, the truth of the human condition is that we've all experienced darkness. And I'm not talking about uh, when you have a power outage like the storm a couple weeks ago or when it gets dark at 4 p.m. at Christmas. I'm talking about real darkness. I'm talking about real sorrow, real trials, real failures. We've all experienced darkness. I mean, look at the last couple years. Our world is breaking apart at the seams. There's so much hatred, so much division, so much anger. The weak and the marginalized are being pushed aside, taken advantage of, looked over. We fight wars with one another. Millions of people around the globe are bought and sold like property, all the while a literal drug epidemic is happening in our own backyards. The world is shrouded in darkness. 
But there is good news that we celebrate on Christmas. And that good news is that a light has come. The light has come on Christmas. That's what we celebrate. In fact, if we, if we look at the Bible and we look at the very first thing God says in the entirety of the Bible, what does he say? Let there be light. That is what God does. God brings light to dark places. And this is where John is pointing us. He's pointing us back to Genesis 1, where the Bible says that the world was formless and void. It's like this picture of chaos. And it says, the darkness hovered over the face of the waters. The world was chaotic darkness. But God brings light. When John says light was in him and that life, light was the li- life was the light of the world, that's hard to say. <laughs> this is the picture that John is painting. He says Jesus has come to bring light in order in the same way he did all the way back in Genesis 1. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. Gifts and Santa and all that's great. Traditions and mangers, all that, that's awesome. But Christmas is about the light of the world that came to dwell with his people. A light that has come to overthrow the darkness. But here's the problem. We've grown far too comfortable with the darkness. And we're afraid to confess the darkness that lies within us. We've grown comfortable with our sin and the sin around us. We've grown up in it, like Bane in the Dark Knight trilogy. I grew up in the dark. I know what it's like. And because of that, we've grown far too comfortable with it. We've gotten far too familiar with our own failures. We've told ourselves those lies over and over again. And here's the thing. The darkness has this seemingly way of keeping us safe. It's like, if I just hide back here, no one will know how messed up I am. No one will know how broken I am. No one will know how in need I am. Because darkness shrouds and darkness hides. But here's something else that the light does. Light exposes. Light exposes. When the lights are turned on, everything that is hidden becomes visible. Like Again, like my friend in the closet. If I could have turned on the light, I could have seen him hiding behind those coats. The darkness hides our sin, but when the light touches it, it's exposed. And this was never more evident than in Jesus' life. As we follow him, he was a baby born in a manger in Bethlehem that we sing silent night, but he also grew up. And as he grew, he lived a perfect life without sin. We see this man, this man talked about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as one who loved the unlovable, as the one who reached out to the marginalized, as the one who fed the hungry and healed the sick. He lived a perfect life. And what happened to the people around him? It exposed their anger. It exposed their pride. It exposed their self-righteousness. In contrast to Jesus' humility and love, we see really clearly the people of the day, their anger, their hatred, their self-righteousness. 
So they sentenced this Jesus to death. On the hill of Calvary, the light of the world exposes the sin of man. Jesus exposed the sinfulness of mankind when he was on the cross. As all these angry people killed this innocent man. And the book of Matthew actually says that when Jesus took his last breath, the sun refused to shine. The light was extinguished. When Jesus was killed, literal darkness fell over the face of the earth. That's the picture Matthew's painting. Sin had snuffed out the light. But the story doesn't end there. On Friday, the light of the world was extinguished on the cross. On Friday, our Savior died in darkness. And on Saturday, He laid in the tomb in the dark. But on Sunday, He rose again. He was resurrected from the grave. His light could not be dimmed. His love could not be overcome. His power could not be held down. A light has come and darkness cannot overcome it. We have hope in that. That's hopeful because no matter how dark you feel like you, the darkness that you've delved into, no matter how much you've hidden, no matter how much you've run from God, no matter how deep in the pit you are, there is no lengths to which Jesus cannot reach down. There is nothing of which he cannot overcome. His love is powerful enough to redeem you, to forgive you, to sustain you because Darkness cannot overcome the light. The light has come to overthrow the darkness. There is freedom in this. Here, think about it this way. The cross has ratted us all out. <laughs> like the cross is this signpost from God that says, I know you don't have it all together. I know you've screwed up. I know you failed. But I came. The darkness of this world is not something that's out there. It's something that's in here. And we've all partaken. Our selfishness, our pride, our greed has all contributed to the darkness in this world. But a light has come. City light, the world was shrouded in darkness, ruled by sin, as were our hearts. And we ran from the light, hiding in the shadows of our shame and guilt. But the good news is this, God has not left us in that darkness. The light has come. Christ Jesus, God in the flesh, came down in the form of man and was subjected to every weakness we face, even to the point of being born as a baby. And as he grew up, he did not fall into the darkness. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, the light that came. And although we were content in our darkness, we were slaves to sin. That baby born in Bethlehem grew up to die on a cross to absorb the punishment for our sin. The light of the world was consumed by darkness. He died on the cross so that we could live, so that we could be reconciled to God. When darkness fell on Jesus on the cross, it was the end of the darkness that overcomes our hearts. Christmas is a celebration of this light. This is the end of man's slavery to sin. This is our hope for salvation. Christ has come to earth, lived a perfect life, and died a sinner's death so that all who would come to him, all who would bring their darkness to him, all who would confess their sin, so that he will make us children of the light. 
The light of the world was extinguished in order to give us his light. The righteous son of God was counted as guilty so that guilty men and women could be considered righteous sons and daughters of God. That's what we celebrate on Christmas. And anyone in this room today, you can turn to Jesus. You can confess your sin and set out to leave the darkness behind you and walk in the light. And here's the beautiful thing. John says that that light gives life. It's abundant life. It's a new life. It's a life free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from sin. It's a life where we are connected to the very one who created us. This is life how we were always intended to live. Life reconciled to God, following him, being deeply acquainted with the creator of our souls. Life as a son and daughter of God. My prayer for you for this Christmas season is that you would know the light that came on Christmas. My prayer for you this season is that you would walk in that light so that you could experience the life He gives. And my prayer for you this evening is that you would be able to know Him deeply. The one who created you. You're not too far gone. You're not too far away. There's nothing you've done for which Christ did not already atone for on the cross. Darkness is nothing when it comes to his light. The light has come and has come to extinguish the darkness. I pray that all of us would experience what it means to walk in his light this Christmas season. Can we stand and sing? Worship this light that came. Let me read one more verse for you. Ephesians 5.8 For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of the light. Now, every Christmas season, we light these candles on Christmas Eve. And I want to point out that this is not some meaningless exercise that we do. We lit the first candle this morning, to, to, or this afternoon, this evening, whatever it is, to symbolize the coming of the light of the world, the baby born in Bethlehem, a light that came to overcome the darkness, to forgive us our sin and make us right with God. But now we walk as children of light, carrying his light with us wherever we go, pushing back the darkness until he comes again. And he will come again. The first time he came as a baby born in the manger, and he will come again as a reigning king over all the universe. On that day, a trumpet will sound over all the earth, and our God will come, and he will cry out, children, come, son and daughter, live in my kingdom where your tears will be wiped away, where the darkness will have no place, where the tools of war will be formed into tools of peace, where my glory will cover the whole earth as the water covers the sea. Revelation 21.3 says this is the day where God comes and says the dwelling place of God is with man. Emmanuel, God with us. Remember, Jesus' first coming came to this climactic conclusion when the sun refused to shine, when Jesus died in darkness, when the darkness of the world came over the light of the world, and the sun wanted nothing to do with what was happening on the cross that day. 
But just like his first coming, Jesus' second coming will culminate when the sun again refuses to shine. But on that day, there will be no darkness. For the Bible says that on that day, his light, his love, and his glory will light up the whole world. On that day, the sun will refuse to shine because it cannot hold a candle to the light and warmth and glory of our God. And as we hold these candles, we're reminded that Jesus has come, but his work is not finished. One day our God will return. And for all who have turned from their darkness and turned from their sin and has walked as children of God, we will bask in his light for eternity. So on one hand, he has come, but we also look forward till he comes again. But until then, every year we light these candles to carry on his mission, to bring light to a dark world, to bring light to the darkness around us until he comes back to illuminate the darkness once and for all. Amen. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.